Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKSM known, and two things up for review this week. It's the new DC movie Black Adam, and then on Netflix we've got The School for Good and Evil. First up is Black Adam, which is the latest superhero or superhero adjacent film in the Warner Brothers slash DC Extended Universe franchise. And I will start by saying I'm a huge fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, so I want to try and support him where I can. I think there are many things wrong with Black Adam. If you enjoy it, more power to you. I don't find it horribly offensive or like a, I mean, I don't think it was a great film, but I don't think if you enjoyed it, I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? It's just, I think there are a couple things in particular. One, if this had come out several years ago and we hadn't had such a bevy of more interesting or complex superhero characters, then I think maybe this would have fared a little bit better and we wouldn't have been, you know, it just feels very cookie cutter at this point. I think one of the other things for me is that it feels like it's holding back a lot. And one of the perks of taking on a character like Black Adam is that he is more morally ambiguous. He doesn't mind murdering people, you know, as opposed to the squeaky cleanness of someone like Superman. And I've talked about this before, but I'm I'm not particularly compelled by a Superman or Captain America because, you know, they're always going to do what's right and, you know, try and save everyone, all that stuff. And I just, I think we have evolved into more than that and more just more than just the world is divided into good and evil but I think where the film gets caught up a little bit is that one it went for that PG-13 rating and there has been talk of there's this R-rated cut that exists which means to me that there's a cut that exists that the creative team is more invested in but they chose commerce and trying to have a broader audience over you know dedicating to what maybe should have been more true to the character but then if you look at something like a Deadpool it's like well you can pull it off if you need to but I you know money complicates and muddies everything the other thing that I struggled with is again i big fan of The Rock but he does have a limited acting range and there are times he's very good within that um, and then there are things that might be more challenging for him and while I know, you know, of course he came from wrestling and is this stronger, darker, more uh, stoic persona, I personally really enjoy him when he seems like he's having fun doing things. And this movie is, his character in this movie, and of course it's the titular character, so we're going to see the most of him, is not about fun at all. And I just, I don't know why, but I don't find him intimidating on screen. And I feel like you should be scared of the character of Black Adam to a degree. And there's also, you know, the whole like the lore of the movie, which by the way, the, the whole intro sequence is such a bad example of telling you, not showing you. Uh, and you really should show me, don't tell me because it's a visual medium. Um, but, you know, narration and, and voiceover and all that type of stuff. But it is, I find it hilarious that, you know, there are a lot of the characters they've chosen to have have accents in this film. And, you know, Black Adam, Adam is an ancient character from this time who I don't they don't explain how as tiny as the spoilers nobody explains how he speaks English nobody explains why he speaks with an American accent as a, when when every other character from that you know speaks with an accent or speaks a different language it's just these are the things that I don't mind glossing over if the rest of the film is good but the rest of the film isn't great and then there's also the factor of you can tell that while they spent a lot of money on the action and the effects and all that stuff it still feels cheap and then there the action sequences themselves go on so long and I just they're they're not fun 
or compelling or awe-inspiring. And I feel like at this point, if you were going to make a superhero movie, you have to be one of those things. And and again, a superhero maybe isn't the exact, well, I, there are superheroes in it, but you know, the, the morality of the character and the ambiguity there is really something that I feel like that was lost in the PG-13-ness of it. And that, uh, yes, there are plenty of times where, you know, he embraces his, that he doesn't care about the hench peoples of this world, which that's fine. I get it. They've chosen their path. But it, you know, I, I, it just feels really hollow. It felt really hollow to me. You've also got Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, who, we get no background on him. We get almost no background on Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. You know, we get a tiny bit of info on Noah Centino as Adam Smasher and Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone. And then, like, there's a whole the whole side story happening there that I almost would have been more interested in, the ensemble nature of it, than that. You've got a couple other characters from the DC Extended Universe that, again, this film was very much like, okay, we're going to show you and tell you a lot of things, but we're not going to, we're going to have expected you to know who these other characters are and so it's very uneven in that sense as well people in my screening seem to enjoy parts of it and I don't fault them I hope they had a great time at it I found myself incredibly bored and even though it's a two hour and four minute movie it's one of those movies that feels like it was much longer I wish there had been uh honestly more humor infused into it there are a couple moments but uh you know I I that is the the version of The Rock I like the most. And I think there's a way to do like a dark humor in it. They try to do humor at points and it just didn't, it didn't work. It didn't mesh for me. But again, just because I had a bad time at it doesn't invalidate you having a good time at it. I would not go out of my way to recommend this film. I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it seeing it in a theater. My guess is it'll be on HBO Max in, you know, however many months. As I said, I think if this had come out maybe 10, almost, I think they announced it 15 years ago or something in bonkers like that, maybe we would have had slightly lower standards for a movie like this and would have been more excited by the scope and the grandeur and, and you know, had had less variety of characters. But at this point, if you're not going to embrace the things that make Black Adam stand apart a bit from the squeakier clean superheroes to, to the degree that maybe you should, then this doesn't stand out from the crowd. So I am going to give it a two out of five. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The other film I have this week is The School for Good and Evil, and it's out on Netflix. And I, I unfortunately, I've somewhat come to dread the Netflix movies of the week that come out. And I, you know, it's been challenging. There haven't been a lot of highlights. So I went in with very low expectations. And the good news is, is that at least it exceeded those very low of expectations I don't know if that makes it a good movie, but I didn't have a terrible time watching it, which is better than I can say for a lot of the other movies of the week. The premise of it is that there are two friends, both outcasts for various reasons in their village, and then they get transported to the school where, you know, the storybook characters and and creatures of fable or, or people of fable go to school to train to either be good and evil and it's very binary and Charlize Theron plays the dean of the school of evil and Kerry Washington plays the dean of the school of good and then you've got other people like Michelle Yeoh is one of the professors Lawrence Fishburne is in charge and then there are a bunch of cameos in it that are very very brief and there are some fun elements to it that are a bit of a play on all of the fairy tale and good and bad tropes. You know, this is not revelatory content, but I could imagine, I think it skews a lot younger too. So I could imagine if I was like a 13 year old, I'd probably actually very much enjoy this film. I have to give credit to Sophia Wiley, who plays uh, one of the main girls. Uh, she plays a character called Agatha, who um, I thought she did a really 
compelling job, especially with what she was given. And, uh, you know, I was very much rooting for her the whole time. Uh, Sophie Ann Caruso plays the other girl in the duo who I'm not familiar with. Um, I, I want this to not come off as a super insult. She reminds me a little bit of a Bobo Joey King. And her performance is maybe not quite as strong, even though she needs to have hers be as strong because she's, you know, she's the counterpart to Sophia Wiley's character. So that was a little bit tougher to deal with. But overall, you know, I, I don't think this film is anything revelatory. I do, I am in the camp of, I think it probably would have been better served as a series. And I think it wanted to be a series. And I'm not 100% sure why it went for being a movie. Instead, the biggest challenge I had with it is that it felt very long. Uh, you know, it's pretty effects and action heavy. And those are sequences that I don't think serve the story at the length that they existed in within it. So, you know, still, it was better than I was expecting, which is a pleasant surprise. It, it's not going to blow you away and it's not going to be anything revelatory, I think. But it's like a pleasant watch and, and probably a decent background watch as well. So I'm going to give it a 3.3 out of 5. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.